Prime Minister, Theresa May, who'd have thought that with a Carlsberg, a fag in her mouth and a bag of chips, she'd have done a better job than Boris is doing right now. You couldn't do a worse. Couldn't do a worse job. Welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. Welcome, We're here to review... welcome, welcome. We're here to review The Kingsman, the third in The Kingsman trilogy. And they've managed to sort of do every variation of The Kingsman, The Kingsman, The yeah. Kingsman, Kingsman, The Kingsman, The Kingsman, The Kingsman. Yeah. The King's Moon. In this, it literally means the King's Moon. In this, it literally means the King's Man. Man. Um, this is a prequel to the other two that yeah. obviously star Taron Egerton. When I said that to the girls, they suddenly lost all interest in going to see this. I'm slightly of the opinion, though, that Taron Egerton's a bit overrated. Uh, so this really principally stars Ray Fiennes. Uh, it's his film, it's his as they film. say. It's absolutely his film. So if you don't like Ralph Fiennes, don't go and see yeah, it. Yeah, don't if you say Ralph, people go nuts. Oh, Rafe. It's Rafe, yeah, Rafe. you've got to say Rafe. Rafe. Anyway, so it stars Ray Fiennes. It's directed by Matthew Vaughan, who we've established as a bit of a geezer. <laughs> we call him the geezer, geezer well, director. Him the geezer, well, of course, yeah. he's from the Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, yes. Snatch, Layer yes. Cake, Kick-Ass, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, he's done all the Kingsman films. Um, he's a geezer. He's, he's a geezer. geezer. You don't mess with him. He's a geezer director. He's a bit like Guy Ritchie. He's a geezer. This is part before the events of the subsequent two films, obviously. Uh, and it's about the sort of establishment of this curious band of sort of uh, special agents, in a sense. Doesn't it literally mean they're meant to look after the king? Kind of, yeah. yeah. But yeah. what I like about this as a sort of franchise concept is... These guys, Phil or Ray Fiennes feels they can do a better job than the official yeah, people. And, yeah. and that's the kind of idea. I just felt it took a while to get started. It really did, didn't it? I mean, I must admit, I didn't have strong, strong, strong hopes for it altogether. Right. Because although I thought the first two films, there were hysterical moments, mm. hysterical standout comic moments. Yeah, the Elton John one and Kingsman 2. And, yeah, yeah, and sort of various sorts of... Wasn't Mike Camel in the first one or something? Maybe, may yeah. but yeah. there were sort of like big pratfalls, comic visual jokes in the first yes. one that were very funny. I didn't know what I was getting and what I got was not what I expected, I have to say. It spends a lot of time establishing the relationship between Ray Fiennes and his son. Yes, uh, maybe too It's clearly much. established that we're, we're parked just before, obviously, in the Boer War to begin with. And we see, this is a spoiler review, and we see uh, Ray Fiennes' wife come to a, a sticky end. Um, this has an impact on his son, who's, who's merely a, sort of almost just more than a toddler, maybe about eight or something like that. Um, it then rapidly moves from the Boer War up to just the, uh, before the outbreak of World War One, mm -hmm. the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. And really what's happening at this point is we have the son of Rafe Fiennes who's itching to serve his country, yeah. itching to get into the army. Yeah. And we have Rafe pushing back against this, resisting Yeah, because it. he's promised his wife he will look after him. And he knows more than anybody, especially with the First World War, by the time we get to the First World War, that people are just going to die. Yeah. And I thought, actually, on all the history, it's a curious film, this, because it stays very close to historical matters. And then when it goes off-piste, it goes ridiculously off-piste. Off yeah. But let me say this. I felt, once I put away all preconceptions in my mind and thought, just go with the film, whatever it was, and we start fully in the Boer War mm. and we're there, you know, in all the action and everything. I felt it was sort of like about the first three quarters of an hour, like a visual, it was like a history book, but a moving history book. Because yeah. we went sort of from um, conflict to conflict to yeah. conflict. And I thought it was quite well done, actually. I did too, actually. I mean, I thought it's depiction of war. I thought it's explanation of how we got to this yeah. tense standoff in Europe around yeah. World War I. I mean, we know about World War II so much. I don't want this to become a history lesson. But I thought Tom Hollander was great. Tom Hollander played the sort of three interrelated leaders mm. of Russia, mm. uh, Prussia, Germany mm. and, and, the, and England. Mm. Um, and how they were all interrelated. And how really it was about three really posh kids having a bit of a spat with each other, all yeah. their fates hinged upon. Family round. Yeah. So I thought, you're right, I thought it was quite nifty and nimble yeah. around telling 
the historic truths that led yeah. to and in a sense it was quite neat so it said it said this is the historic truth this is what's happening and then it developed this ridiculous and it was patently ridiculous idea of this mad scotsman at the head of a table with every malevolent character in europe european history sat around his table exactly plus a team of the most malevolent goats you've ever seen in your life now i have to say a bit like in lamb that art house film recently where the, all the sheep had had their own individual characters they were like a personality uh, in this film the goats i mean mark and i have said that this year the animal acting in films has been off yeah, the pigs pigs lamb lamb goats everything there's a documentary yeah. called cow coming out in a minute. Cow, yeah, yeah. um so yeah so in a hut was a man a scottish man who was pulling together all of these sort of you know terrible nadirs and and villains and all sorts of things we don't pulling see them who up, this man up, is. up an elevator yeah yeah this this is where i suppose the whole sort of franchise does slip into in a good way james bond because he's the prime villain who yeah. wants to rule the world basically yeah. and we never see him he's always in shadow with the rest of them around him until yeah. the very end of the yeah. film so we're all guessing guessing Classic guessing villain stuff. i mean it was it was it's it's piss take bond it's piss take bond once you get it past is, the initial sort of and, and, and as soon as as soon as franz ferdinand dies uh the duke dies um and world war one is triggered or, or not um, that was quite funny, wasn't that it? That was quite funny, the sort of hodgepodge. It was almost like, do you remember that, that film years ago saying, where's our, dragon, our dinosaur is missing? Do you remember that film, yeah. where's our dinosaur? Yeah. It was almost like a sort of ridiculous chase around the streets of, I don't know, yeah. Serbia. But the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, not to, to give too huge a spoiler, but when he fails in his first attempt, they realise he's got I know, it was very funny. It was like Herbert Lom when he goes to blow, yeah. his, to blow his brains out. Well, a couple of times I thought Pink Panther is. Yeah, it is it a bit, Pink and in fact, Pink Panther is a good grab for a lot yeah, of us. Yeah. Suffice it to say, it goes from one ridiculous setup to another ridiculous setup. Ray finds his son, gets into the army, um, and we won't ruin that because it's a genuinely massive surprise what happens yeah. to that character. Yeah, yeah. But as suffice it to say, it becomes an elaborate sort of uh, double agent, double crossing, driven by the idea of getting America involved in the war to kind of save the war. And so it really it becomes a sort of... To save Britain. Yeah, it's a spy action film thriller. That's what yeah, it becomes. Yeah. But I think what we want to home in on is some of its sort of more ridiculous moments. Now, Recep Ivans, Reese Ivans, Reese Ivans. I've never liked it. I've never liked the guy. Now, that, to, be, like, to be fair, that's not been based on his acting. No. It's been on just finding him vaguely unpalatable. And I think that's mainly to do with, wasn't he in Notting Hill, as yeah. we really discussed? He was the bloke that got up late and was yeah. unwashed and blah, 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 blah. and smelt. And, and yeah. so I've never been able to shape that image of him. But anyway, so he plays Rasputin. Which I have to say, I think, is already this is his performance and Rafe Fiennes' interaction with him has become one of my guiltiest pleasures already yeah, of the yeah. cinema. How would you describe Reese? Well, I've always liked him um, in, in opposition to Mark just because I saw him um, live once and he was brilliant. He's, very, he's a very commanding presence. Mm. He's very tall mm. and um, he's got a deep voice and everything. And I, I mean, what can one say? I mean... In a way, everything you've ever heard about Rasputin is here, <laughs> but like magnified about a hundred times. Yeah. And with huge humour. I mean, Mark and I were huge roaring humor. through this whole yeah. sort of set. Yeah. I watched an interview with him last night when we got back and he said it took them a month. It took him a month of actual keep fitting to get ready to do even those um, dance and the dances. Because he said, OK, there was a stuntman to do the huge leaps. But he said the rest of it, I had to, it was hard work. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a pirouetting, Cossack dancing, uh, sword wielding Rasputin, <laughs> who likes to lick Ray oh. Fiennes' leg. Well, and, like, wants to he have likes sex young with, boys, and basically. Wants to have sex with Ray Fiennes' son. His two things are fruitcake and young boys. <laughs> and however he gets them is, he you know, wants them. He wants them. Uh, so 
I have to say, it's funny. worth the price of the admission ticket, alone. you know, yeah. just alone, just 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 to see Reese Sippens do that. It was great. When Rasputin is no longer in the film. Yes, it falls it, a bit. You do, there is a moment where you sigh a little bit because you go, oh God, where's that comic value going to yeah. come from next? Yeah, yeah. The two working with him was Nanny, who seemed to yeah, know everything. Gemma Arterton. And ends up being a prime uh, systems analysis, practically, doesn't yeah. she? She can find uh, where things are happening. But I thought Gemma Arterton was a bit... Um, was all right. She was playing that classic character, which was supposed to, you know, in her sort of northern observation, she was kind of closer to the truth than anyone else. It was just a bit obvious. She was keeping the whole thing it together. Was a bit she obvious. was nanny, basically. Yeah, yeah, it was, was a bit nanny. obvious. And so the film does sag, I think, at the point that Rasputin's gone, yeah. because Rasputin kept the film going. I think what was quite remarkable about this film is that despite that, and given that Taron Egerton wasn't in it, and given the fact that Ray Fiennes, albeit that he's a great actor, he isn't like a sort of, you know, you don't pop his name at the top of a film and people no, flop there. No, you don't, there. you don't. I think this film did a remarkably successful job of holding it together, or of him holding it together, through his own comic timing yeah. and comedy. Yeah. I mean, he was an incredibly commanding and funny host, yeah. if you like, to yeah. the rest of the film. I mean, he is... He's great in it. Mm. I mean, I've, you know, I mean, he deserves something for it. Mm. As you say, he held it absolutely together. His comic, his timing is pure comic genius. Mm. And um, I mean, I could even have had more of him. We mm. have a lot of him. So, um, yeah. I mean, then he had to deal with, you know, you had the characters of Matahari. You had this idea that they were going to blackmail the president of America because Matahari essentially gives gives him a blowjob. And, you know, you have all this going on. You've got Lenin, who is then sort of sort of dragged in by our, Scot our silhouetted Scottish, you know, lunatic on a hill. Yeah. And then you do have, and I'm going to give this away, there's possibly one of the most hysterical scenes beyond Rasputin. There's a particular scene in which um, uh, Ray Fiennes is having to make his way up a sheer, a sheer cliff face. This is when he's trying to find Yeah, trying mastermind. to find and get to the mastermind behind yeah. all of this. And so we're building to the big crescendo of the end of the film. And it's no exaggeration to say that goats are critical to the goats end of this film. Goats are very critical, yeah. And it all pivots around a broken horned goat. Who? I mean, the broken horn is because the Mad Scottish mad, madman has sheared off one of the things in a fit of temper, fit of didn't fury. he? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So Ray Fiennes looks like he's got no chance of getting to the top. It's and a then sheer cliff. Sheer cliff of just ice, and it's all CGI'd, not very well, but you, you, you kind of forgive it because it's just so fun. I thought it was cgi He's well, trying to get up, he's trying to climb up, probably taking a few bit of advice from his adventurer uncle or whoever he is. Um, and then he looks to the right and there's a goat, which is wedged between two rock faces like that with his arms out and his legs out. Legs and out. Ray Fiennes kind of look, look, yeah. yeah, both sets of legs out. And then basically Ray Fiennes takes a sort of trick from that and yeah. pulls himself up. It's absolute nonsense, I but mean, it's, it's very funny. It's very, very funny. And then the whole film sort of wraps up and you get the classic sort of end and, and it's set Who up and villain? it's teed up. Yeah, it's teed up though, I thought, for a set of sequels that won't reach the two Kingsmen we've seen, if you know what I mean. No, I don't know about that. And apparently, according to some of the stuff I've read, we missed... It had one of these very irritating uh, everything end, of at title end of title sequences, which would have told us more, but we'd left by it. It is quite a long oh, film. Oh, apparently, yeah. Uh, someone introduces Lenin to a young Adolf Hitler or something. Oh, OK. So, in summary, was it? What, what's your assessment of this film? Was it any good? Is it worth seeing? Well, well, you've got to like Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes, yeah. You've got to like Ralph Fiennes. Um, I'm Rafe. not getting anything from your face. Rafe Fiennes. Yeah, you've got to um, who? Like what? Rafe Fiennes. You've got to like Rafe Fiennes. Because it is his film. He's on screen for practically most of the time, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. 
and um, and he is such 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 a pleasure. But if you hate him, then you're going to hate the film. Yeah. But I quite like the. Um, I mean, you did history at university. I didn't, but I quite like the rush through history. Yeah. And some of it, most of it, is accurate, but a lot of it isn't. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't advise you go and watch this film as a history <laughs> lesson because it no. took place fast and loose with the truth. No, 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 exactly. But 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 very interesting. And um, well, I I found it thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Well, far more in, because I expected nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, unlike the girls, I don't just feel nothing about Taron Egerton. I act actively don't like him. So in that sense, I didn't right, well, like, although yeah. I thought there were some great comic yeah, yeah, pieces yeah. in the first two. Yeah, I didn't he's like not, him. He's not a reason it. I'd see a film. No, nor me. And, um, and in this, I, <laughs> I mean, I would even go and see it again just to get more of right, Ralph Fiennes' right. expressions. I, thought, I, have to say, a shout out, I have to give a shout out to the fight scenes. They were brilliantly choreographed. The fight scenes were They're great. Really good. Yeah. They sort of reminded me, although, and, and I'm pleased they didn't try and do the slow mo thing because Sherlock Holmes has cornered that. But they were as good as the fight scenes in Sherlock Holmes, which well, I know you're not a fan of. But they, they, they use a technology in the Sherlock Holmes films that no, no other film uses. Yeah. And you said about the Matrix, didn't you? It's, the fight scenes, I swear, because I'm so disappointed with the new Matrix, is better than the Matrix. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what would you give it? Blimey, that's a hard Hanging one. Hanging you out to dry, being the first one. 70. 70, okay. Well, I, I thought I thought it was a perfect Boxing Day film. Yeah. I think it's the kind of movie, really, that's why I want to get this review out quite quickly. I think you should go and see it. It's mm. fun. It, it does necessitate you liking Ray Fiennes. It does necessitate you liking quite a sort of plummy English sense of humour, because mm. that mm. is his humour. Mm. Um, you've got an absolute treat with Reese Siffins as Rasputin. And there were two genuine massive surprises in this, I think, in terms of the story. Yeah. Um, Total shocks. We didn't see them coming. Didn't okay. see them happening. No, I can't Can you remember what they, what they were? were? No, one pivoting around his son. Oh, yeah. And the other one pivoting around who the mad Scotsman is. Yes, true. I think, and so in that sense, it does the right, a right job of, of, of surprising you. And you go, oh, bloody hell, I didn't see that. So there's a bit of a whodunit thing going on in there. It, it challenges your expectations yeah. as well. It, it is about 15 minutes too long, I'd There say. are many, sorry, just to cut in, because you said like some of the CGI is off and some of it is, but an awful lot of it isn't. No, no, you're right. So in, right. in fact, you do get quite a good, yeah. uh, some of the long shots and some of the yeah. landscape shots are quite good, I yeah. think. And, and so I'd say it's a very entertaining romp. It's an yeah, entertaining exactly, romp with exactly. some very funny moments in it and some, you know, gasp out loud type of moments too. Yeah. So I think I'd probably give it, not too far off you, I'd probably give it 75 out of 100. Yeah, okay, yeah. that sounds fair to me. There you go. Oh, and for a geezer, I thought it was a geezer. I didn't feel a geezer was in it at all. There's no geezer with them anyway. In fact, no. the only geezer was Rasputin. <laughs> For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.